sermon podcast of Antioch Church in Colorado Springs. If you've been impacted by this ministry and would like to support the work we're doing in Colorado Springs, you can give online at our website, antiochcos.com. We hope that the Lord ministers to you through this message. Grab your Bibles if you would, guys. I want to encourage you from the scriptures. And I, I am going to uh, I am going to go a little bit of a different route than what I had prepared for this morning. And I pray that this is for somebody. If it is for one person, let me know. Or else I'll just be questioning all week long. God, was that you? And he'll say, it's okay to question, son. Uh, and I'll, I'll be very brief about this. And I, I feel like... Um, I feel like this can be very, very point, pointed and very targeted. And then we'll resume next week with the series that we've been on, the journey that we've been on. So uh, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to just have a good, fun Bible study today. Hebrews chapter 11. And I encourage you that if you do have your phone or your Bible with you, um, turn to the scriptures together. I think there's something that's just good and powerful about reading along in, in, in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, let us pray. Father, we're just asking today that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will be prominent, present, and pronounced today in a very real way. Um. Lord, I'm just bringing uh, this earthen clay vessel to you and, and praying that, that the words that come out of my mouth will be words that, that you breathe on and they'll be words that, that bring faith and life and they bring hope and comfort and peace and strength to all of us, Lord. They were gathered together in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll begin at verse eight. Hebrews 11, eight, by faith... Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. Um, I just feel led this morning to exhort us in following God uh, in a life of uncertainty. And really speaking to the anxiety and even the fear that can come with entering into new seasons and new spaces. Has anyone at any point of your Christian life ever entered into a new season that you've never been before? <laughs> right? That's That was kind of a trick question, right? I mean, like, every single one of us, the human experience even just human development is a process and a journey of entering into spaces we've never been before. Uh, I've, I've, I'll be 43 this year. I've never been 43 before, right? I have four kids, uh, and they're all growing way too fast for me to be able to control and get my hands around. And this culture is just exponentially right? Increasing at a breakneck speed. Like these stupid little phones over here have just accelerated everything 
everything. And I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, studies like the technological speed of change from the advent of, you know, the first mainframe computer that they would fit into rooms that are this size, right? And now I heard a study probably a year ago that the same computer technological power that was utilized to send guys to the moon, right? That is in the palm of your hand. That the things that are in your hands are equally as powerful technologically as what they utilized 50 years ago to send guys to the moon. Does that just blow your mind, right? I mean, you buy one, you buy a phone, and then like next week it's outdated. It's a dinosaur. I mean, yeah, I'm being a little exaggerative here, right? But it's just life is moving fast. It's moving fast. And so for this, you know, for some of you guys who, um, you know, have, have kids, as soon as you have a kid, what they always tell you is, Soak up every moment. It's going to be gone before you know it. Jess, you probably already heard this a thousand times, right? You, your baby's not even born yet, and all people can say is, it'll be gone before you know it. Like, Dude, what, stop it. <laughs> just let me just enjoy this moment. Not even, like, made the nursery yet. Give me a break. Um, singles. You know, there is a real, real special season of your life in this singleness. It, it is special. And I, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, give me a break, brother. I'm like, I'm like pushing 40, and you're telling me this is special. Like, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm just telling you there is beautiful, special, sanctified things that are available to you in that season. Because once that season's gone, it's gone. And wh- wherever we are at in our journey from single to engaged, married, married with kids, Kids have grown and gone. We have grandkids. I mean, whatever season of life we're in, the truth of the matter is, is, is that all of us are experiencing parts of our human journey that we've never been in before. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier that we can kind of get familiar with the season and we can really, really want to stay in that season for whatever reason, because it's because it's comfortable, not in a bad sense. It is comfortable in a good sense. There's, there's not nothing inherently wrong with comfort, right? But it's just, it's just comfortable. Like, this is good. I finally, I've been working, I've been struggling, I've been striving, and I've just, I've hit a good spot. Can I enjoy this good spot for a little bit, right? It, it reminds me of, you know, when our family takes these family hikes, and, um, Sometimes dad gets a little ambitious, and I like to push these guys a little bit further than they're comfortable experiencing. Um, but I have these little incentives, you know, like snacks and gummy bears and jelly beans. And, like, these are hiking incentives. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Like, I think you just got to have incentives in life. And we'll just push hard. We'll push hard. And then it's like, hey, is it gummy bear time yet, dad? And I'm like, nope. It's not yet. Another another 20 minutes, another mile ahead. We're going to find a nice resting spot. Then you get that nice resting spot. And you just, just perfect. You know, you find a little spot where there's shade. You find the perfect rocks where you can sit on. And you can just enjoy the moment. And you can pull out that incentive. And then there's this feeling of, God, can't we just stick around here? For Matter of fact, why don't we just stop here? Right? Like, the journey's over. This, this is good. This is good. I took my kids on this hike last year. It's up in Avon, Beaver Creek. 
And foolishly, I did not realize that the entire hike, the entire seven mile one ways was all uphill. I, I just, I didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And equally as foolishly, I thought that a lake would be enough incentive for all the kids to go, yes, yes, it's worth it. Just kept telling the guys, guys, there's this beautiful lake. There's a lake up there. Really? Like, we could go five miles to the Britain Pond (laughs) and not have to hike seven miles uphill one way for a lake. Guys, but there's gummy bears, right? Come on. And we got up to this lake, and it took us about probably, what, I don't know, what, one way, like three and a half hours or something to get up to this lake. It was, it was grueling. It was just all just steep climb uphill. And we get to this lake, and it was, it was amazing. It was picturesque, right? Like, we took family pictures. We got nestled in. They had these huge logs that you could just lean up against. But... We got up there so late that we had to turn around and jet down because we were losing daylight pretty, pretty fast, right? So it's like, seriously, we, we just did all this work, and we got to our comfortable spot, and we can't even really relish in it. And life is like that sometimes, right? It's like, I'm just hustling and grinding, I'm hustling and grinding, and I get to this nice spot, and I just want to stick around here for a little bit, but then, man, the cloud's moving. It's like, it's go time. We got to just keep moving. Uh, the Christian life, I think, is a life full of transitions. Can anybody attest to that? New jobs, new schools, new friends, new challenges, new adventures, um, seasons of uh, intense joy and intense pain, seasons of suffering, seasons of boredom, seasons of monotony. Seasons where we're going one way and there's sharp turns. I mean, like, sharp turns. You know what I mean by a sharp turn? Like, hold up. Like, we were supposed to, we were supposed to get there on this route, and then you hit a detour. You know what I'm talking about? I hate detours. I hate them. I despise them, right? Because when I've got in my mind, when I've got a particular way to get it to a particular place, that's the way to get there. And then you have all of these blockades and these barriers, and they send you all over the place. And it's just, it's, it's annoying. But life has that. Life has detours all the time. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? How do we engage? And I think more than anything today, I want to just hone in a little bit on some of the fear of the uncertainty of life. Anybody ever experienced that fear of the uncertainty, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what's around the corner, the fear of, I mean, I mean, the worst case scenarios, the endless, like, what could happen here? What could be next? For some of us, what's next is very exciting. It's very exhilarating. For some of us, the idea of what's next is, you know, we, we can't wait for what's next. Some of us are actually really energized about uncertainty. Anybody in the room? I'm just curious, like, who in the room, like, the idea of, I don't know what's around the corner, and that really thrills me. Anybody? I just want to know who those people are. Okay, cool. Seth, Jonathan, you guys, that's all. Yeah, like, sweet. How many of you are like, eh, I'm not really sure I like that. Okay, a couple, a couple guys in the back. Tim, very good. Yeah, like, I want everything predictable. I want it, I want it predictable. I want a controlled environment. I want to know that A plus B equals C every time. Right? Okay, cool. 
I'm so sorry, but life is not like that, <laughs> right? And we know that. We know that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But life is a journey of faith. What does that mean? It means, I think, amongst a lot of things, it means that God's going to call us into places that we've never been before, right? So we know that life is going to bring us into places and spaces that we've never been before. It's going to bring us into unpredictable things. But not only that, God's going to call us into those things. He's going to invite us. You remember that story where Peter's sitting in the boat and Jesus is out in the water. Jesus, Peter's never walked on the water before. And, and there's this interesting dialogue that takes place. And Peter says, Jesus, if you call me, I will come and I will go into this, this, this scary territory I've never been before. And Jesus says, yeah, yeah, let's go. Come on, come. Come on, water's great out here. You should take a dip, right? I love this verse right here, though. Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Do you remember that story in Genesis chapter 12? Do you guys remember the story? God shows up to Abraham, and all he says was, pack your bags, we got to go. Where are we going? We got to go. What's on the other side of this? We got to go. How long is it going to take to get there? We got to go. I mean, like, it's like a kid, right? Are we there yet? My kids, my kids love this. They're, they're, they're really great about this. Um, but they ask for every detail of every moment of every day. What are we doing next? I, they're, they're like, they're like the, uh, the mission team member who's like, bombarding the team leader. Where are we going to eat? And what time? Are we going to eat out? Which restaurant? Are we going to have dessert? What are we going to do after that? Are we going to go home? Are we going to go out? Are there going to be friends? I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then it's just, it's exponentially multiplied when you get more kids in the room. They just like, they just like feed off of each other. But the truth of the matter is, guys, like none of us, as much as we try to calculate and predict and control and plan and lay all these things out, Abraham was called to place and he did not know where he was going. And I'm just here to tell you that we don't really know where we're going either. You don't know the end of this road, right? Tim, I mean, think about this. Like before you met Christian, did you see yourself spending the rest of your life in India? No, you didn't. You didn't even know where India was, okay? <laughs> So, gosh, it was probably 2002, Christy and I were driving. Oh, are you recording? Oh, man, I got to stay right here. So in 2002, Christy and I, we weren't living in Colorado yet. We were out here visiting her brother, her brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and her sister. And uh, somebody had paid for us to have a stay the night at this little condo in Dillon, and it was awesome. Right, it was our first exposure to Colorado. Uh, we were working diligently in ministry, hadn't had a vacation in years, and we were like, hey, someone's given us a, a stay the night in Lake Dillon. And so we took the back road over, you know, 24, like you're cutting through Divide, and there's this little gas station. You guys are going to laugh at this. But um, we popped in, we filled up, and I'm a, I'm a root beer guy. I love root beer, right? So they had this bottle of root beer, that was the best bottle of root beer that either of us have ever had before or since, 
or since, right? And we actually have taken drives out by ourselves to that same gas station, hour and a half away, to try to find that same bottle of root beer, gone, just gone, right? I mean, like, that's, that's us, though. We'll, we'll, like, we will drive two hours for a good donut. It's just, we'll do it. It's just, let's go. We'll just jump in the car. There's this little popsicle stand in Avon, California. It's called Kiwi. And Avon's like three hours away. Yep, we will drive three hours, and we'll grab that popsicle. For the kids, of course. It's for the kids. And what's the point of that? So the other day, we were taking that drive, and we were driving back past that gas station. I just told you a meaningless story. We drove by that gas station, and I just said, babe, did you ever imagine in 2002 when we drove by here and we got that root beer that we would have four kids and a dog and we would be living in Colorado? Like, no, we never, we never saw that in a million years. We saw ourselves in California. There was a pastor there that we really respected, and there was mutual love and admiration. He wanted us to work for him. We wanted to work for him. And uh, we despised Colorado. We despised, we despised it. And now I can't, I know, look at you, Leon. Dude, what's up, man? Now, you got to wait for the end of the story, bro. <laughs> Turn the page. Now we love Colorado. I cannot imagine living my life anywhere else. I got to be careful saying that because God could be like, okay, great. It's time to go to El Paso, Texas. What? No! So anybody who lives in El Paso, I'm just like, <laughs> Fort Bliss. Really? You're going to name that Fort Bliss? <laughs> yeah. Ignorance is for bliss. So, yeah, but this life, man, it's just a life of unpredictable twists and turns. And God calls Abraham to a place he doesn't know where he's going. And I just want to speak to that, you guys, because, you know, as life matures and progresses and develops, if we're not careful, we can allow that fear of the unknown and fear of uncertainty to really paralyze us. We can allow it to paralyze us. We can allow it to keep us locked into a place that prohibits us from following God. It prohibits us from being faithful, prohibits us from being obedient. I mean, imagine, here's this, here's this guy in sandals, and he rolls up and he says, follow me, right? And notice in Matthew chapter 4, like the disciples didn't bombard him with questions. They had no idea. They had no idea. They had no idea at that moment, and I can just imagine that that demarcation moment. But do you know what Jesus told Peter? Like one of the last things Jesus told Peter personally? Jesus told Peter, you're going to die due to death. Nobody wants to die. That's what he told him. Look it up in John chapter 21. Peter's like, he's like, hey, what about... What about this guy? What about, why, why are you hanging out with him? What, you, Peter's, Peter's like, hey, don't worry about that. Like, what I want to do with him is one thing, and what I want to do with you is another. And then John inserts this little thing in the text, and he says, and Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that Peter would die. Like, you tricked me. You told me we'd be fishing for men. This is cool. This is exciting. And then right before you whisk off to glory, right, you tell me, I'm going to die in a way nobody wants to die, right? But he was already captured. He was already captured, man. His heart was already hooked. He had already tasted, and he had already seen, and he had already become absolutely convinced that life with Jesus and following God 
was not only worth it, it's the only way to truly live life. So let me just encourage your hearts here with a couple of things. So what do we do? What do we do with this? Well, I think number one, realize that we live by faith, not by sight. The Christian life is a life of faith. It is not a life of predictability. It is not a life of control. It's a life of faith, which means that our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is in the one who calls us. Our faith is in the one who we are following. And here's a couple of thoughts to encourage you. Number one, guys, uh, we can have faith in the fact that God calls us. God calls us. And I had breakfast last week with my good friend Leon. And Leon was telling me about just his crazy journey, man. Golly, from the Air Force to promise keepers to working in Georgia to coming back here, working at Kaiser and being without a job. And you want to talk about the twists and turns of uncertainty of life. Anybody ever been without work? And just like, God, where, where's my bread coming from? Where is my daily bread? How am I going to take care of these kids who are asking me 24-7 where we're eating next, right? Like, dude, that's, that's rough. That's hard. That's challenging. The pressure, the pressure of not knowing. And here's the thing. One of the reasons why we want to know is because it gives us some sense of control. It gives us some sense of security. It gives us some sense of comfort. It gives us some sense of assurance. I know where my bread's coming from. I know what's coming next. I know what the path and the progression of promotion is. I know these things. And if we're not careful, we can make security an idolatry, right? Where our, security, where our God is our security. Our security is in our sense of knowing. It's not in God, the one who calls us, the one who leads us, the one who walks with us, the one who gives us promises. I have romanticized faith growing up. And it's easy to do in the circles that I run in, in ORU, and you know, you read these stories about these people who do amazing things for God in the name of God and by faith. And I, and listen, I want that. There is something about that. But I think what, what was missing in that whole story, that whole narrative, what was missing in that equation is that the life of faith is a challenge. It's a challenge. And we have to nurture our faith in God, towards God. We have to cultivate. We've got to, we have to trellis our faith so that it grows towards God, right? That it's, it's this crazy thing where it's like our faith must be rooted in God and our faith must grow towards God. He is both the soil and the sun of our lives. Does that make sense? And the seed. And let me see what other S's I can come up with here. Let's keep reading this verse, verse 9. By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised substance. Good one. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Think about that. 
like a stranger. Like, guys, we are strangers here. We're strangers on planet Earth. This is not our home. This is not our home. And that's hard because I want to, I want to, I want to build beautiful landscapes. I want to do the house up nice. I want to root in. I want to live here forever. I want to plant trees that grow really, really huge. But this is not my home. God has, God has called all of us to be pilgrims and strangers. And where, and I'm not downing the fact that we can invest into our homes. Don't hear me wrongly there. What I'm saying is, is, is while we are investing in these spaces that we give over to God for his glory, to practice radical hospitality, to further his home and his family and his mission, while we do all of these things, we're saying, God, we're, we're oriented. The trajectory of our hope and our future and our destiny is somewhere else. It's somewhere else. It's wherever you are calling us and leading us as pilgrims in this life. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13, all of these people were still living by faith when they died. I love that. You know what that tells me? That the life of faith is a lifelong journey. I love that psalm where the psalmist says, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. Like we're, we're just, there's no coasting. There's no retirement in the life of faith. Right? We, we, there is another glory for God to call us into. There is a glory to glory to glory to glory. It's one of the things I love about this couple right here, George and Trudy Coflesh. Oh, no, I know, right? Oh, the pastor's calling us out. I mean, you watch this man and you watch this lady and, and they're just, they're constantly looking to the next generation. They're constantly pouring in, praying for, thinking about the next generation. They recognize, I mean, there's no, there's no retirement in the life of faith. Now, you may retire vocationally, but we never retire from the life of faith, right? Sarah was past the age of childbearing, and yet God is saying, I'm calling you into a new season. I cannot imagine bearing children at 100, let alone 43. Now, I could do 43. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but think about, you're just, you're just not as pliable. You're not as flexible. You're not as elastic. You're not as, I mean, like, like all-nighters in my 20s and 30s, no problem. All-nighters in my 40s, that's hard. That is difficult. All-nighters in my 80s? And yet here God says, Sarah, you're going to just you're going to stay up late all night every night nursing Isaac. Well into your past childbearing age. 
Man, you could just never, hey, listen, if we're going to follow God, we're going to follow God all the days of our life, wherever he asks us to go, into whatever uncomfortability that may require. That is the life of faith. God calls us. Can, can you say God calls us? He calls us into uncertainty. God is calling you into uncertainty. And here's the thing that is awful about uncertainty. You know, you know, what, it, you know what it is? I'm going to just give you a little secret. It's uncertain. <laughs> it is uncertain. How do you lead in a pandemic globally that has historically never happened before? How do you do that? How do you do that when everybody on the planet has an opinion on what you should do? How do you, how do you, how do you fight an invisible enemy? How, how do you do that? You've got to anchor yourselves in some things that are clear. How do you follow God in the midst of uncertainty? You have to constantly go back to what's clear. You have to constantly go back to what's known. And what's known is this. He is calling you into this. He is calling you. God has called you. Here's the second thing. He's with you. He's with you. And I think that, this this is my own personal hypothesis. I think that we've lost a sense of the power and the wonder of of this truth. God is with you. I I think, I'll just speak for myself. I think I kind of take that for granted. Like if we really rooted and anchored ourselves in the fact that God is for me and God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. Like how does a little shepherd boy who's never fought a battle go up against a massive giant who's been fighting since the time he was a boy? Do you know how? This is what David said. God's God's with me. He's with me. So whatever uncertainty is in your future, and I think this is the word right here, Whatever uncertainty lurks on the, on the other side of that corner, God is there. And he's with you. And if that's not enough, I think we just need to sit in that. Sit in that. Sit deep in that. Toward, I think it just needs to transform the way we look at the way we look to the future and we think about the future does that make sense i'm i am terrified i mean i'm just going to say right now guys i am emotionally terrified about the season when my kids leave this home i just i dread it i dread it right i dread it I mean, I, I had a breakdown yesterday. I'm looking at all the baby pictures, and I'm just trying to grasp and hold on. And, you know, and this morning I woke up with this thought, you know, because last night we did family fireworks, and we have all these incredible family moments and memories and traditions. We've just, oh, this is incredible. And all I'm thinking to myself is there's going to come a day. There's coming, there's coming a day when I'm going to get that, hey, Dad, all the friends are, all the friends are doing fireworks, right? That day's coming, and I dread it. 
But you know what? God's there. He's there. And he's going to be with me. I don't look forward to getting old. I don't look forward to depending on other people. I don't look forward to not having physical strength to do things that I could do in my younger years. Okay, I just, this is more therapeutic for me. Does, does anybody else's body start aching in their 40s? Or am I, anybody else's? Okay, thank you. I just need one. It just, it just takes one. I think in my mind, I always like located that like in your 60s or something. So I'm like, why is my lower back always hurting? Why is that? What is wrong with me? I don't, I don't look forward to getting old. God is there. God is there. I don't look forward to suffering. I don't look forward to loss. I don't look forward to burying any of you. I don't look forward to losing my parents. I'm not, I'm not excited about those things. But God is there. God is there. God is there in that space. Those of you who have experienced temporary loss of employment, I believe, because I've talked with many of you, I believe that you've experienced God in that space. It's the only way that you got through it. It's the only way we can get through the uncertainty of this world. God is with me. Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Think about the fear and the anxiety and the panic going through the disciples' hearts. When the Messiah rabbi was like, guys, I, I got to go. You can't go. Our entire lives are built on you. You're the glue that holds this crazy band of guys together. Jesus, we're going to kill each other if you leave. We are. We are. We're going to do it. He's a zealot. He's a Roman tax collector. Like We're, we're going to kill each other. She's like, I got to go, guys. But look what he says right here. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've taught you. Then he says this right here in verse 20. I love this. Surely I am with you always. What do we do with our fear of the unknown? What do we do with life transition? What do we do with the unpredictability of the journey of life? Guys, I'm asking you today, to prophetically imagine, to prophetically imagine right now how transformative this deep revelation that in every season, God is with me. God is with me. Do you know what's intuitive? I know this because last night we foolishly took our dog to go watch fireworks. Seriously? Yeah, I'm a dog noob, okay? Freaked out freaked my poor little dog out. So, you know, we, we put him back in the vehicle. I turned on soft music and tried to drown out, right? You know, the sounds of these cacophonous, thunderous booms. And, but you know, he just, he just wanted to get into a safe place and then he wanted to be near. He wanted to be near, right? And as kids, we do that. When something scares you, you find the safest person because if you know that that person is with you, you're safe. 
And here's the word for you today, guys. God, God is with you. God is calling you into those spaces. Just, can you imagine wandering in a wilderness like your entire life? And then God is saying, and they've never, I mean, like they, they, they barely fought. They were slaves. They exited Egypt. They've been like being led by a fire and clouds and God's raining down food from heaven. And then God's like, okay, now you're going to go to a place you've never been before. There's giants there. There's fortified walls. You got to grow your own food. I'm not giving it to you anymore. It's like kids being launched out into, you know, their own. Nope. You got to grow your own food. Okay. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? And here's what God said. Can you go to Joshua chapter one, verse seven through nine? Joshua chapter one, verse seven through nine. Here's what God says to these guys. Be strong. Be courageous. Why would he tell them to be strong and courageous if they weren't scared out of their mind? Be strong. You can be strong. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Be strong. Not strong in yourself. Be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the goodness of God. Be strong in the faithfulness of God. Direct your strength into God's strength. Be strong and be courageous. Guys, life takes courage. Enemies, battles, challenges, unknown, it requires courage. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. There's a lot of truth. There's a lot of magic there, guys. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful. Magic's probably the wrong word, right? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you? I've called you. I've called you into this. I'm inviting you into this space. I'm inviting you into this new challenge. I'm inviting you into a place you've not been before. Have I not commanded you? Let's go. We can do this. I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. Says it again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you. I've called you and I'm with you. Finally, guys, God's for you. He's for you. Jonathan, if you would come up. He is working in you. He is working through you. And he's working for you. So how many of you have ever experienced a little fear of the unknown, a fear of uncertainty? Anybody here? How many of you are there right now? Anybody there? A little fear of the unknown? Fishers, anybody else? Yeah, a little, little bit of this right here. Okay, awesome. You in the back. If you're in that space, I just want to invite you to stand. If you're just saying, you know, I just kind of find myself there right now. I just, I need the voice of the Lord to speak strength, to speak courage, to speak life inside of me. Anyone else? Thank you, Ben. Beautiful Ford girls. This is all a little unfamiliar. This is all a little uncertain. Being launched into new territory. Guys, new seasons of life. Entering into manhood. Not been here before. You've got a really great tour guide, man. I'm telling you. You're in good hands. Right now, God, I am praying for my friends, my brothers, my sisters. 
our life seems a little overwhelming at the moment. God, I'm praying right now that my friends would hear the voice of God. Deep, deep, God, deep in their spirit, man. So deep, so deep, God, that they could anchor themselves that when they hit turbulent waters, they could anchor themselves to that word. No, I'm, I'm here because God has called me. God has invited me. God is leading me. And Father, right now I pray for this overwhelming revelation that God is with us. Megan, God is with you. He's with you here. He's near to you. He's all around you. He's with you. He has not left you. God will not call you into a space and abandon you. He will not invite you into this next season and turn away from you. He's with you. Esther, he's with you, sweetie. He's with you. He's near to you. And all of his resource is for you. Fishers, he's with you. I know you're experiencing delay right now, but he's at work on the other side. He's at work setting things up, building something inside of you. So disappointing, so frustrating, so confusing. Lord, I'm just praying right now, be so near to Tim and Kristen. Be so near Bring your wisdom, bring your truth, bring your understanding, bring your next step, strength and comfort in the name of Jesus. God is with you. God is with you. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that you are for us. And if God can be for us, if God is for us, who can be against us and succeed? No one. So right now, Holy Spirit of the living God, come to life and come to light these truths. You are calling us. You are with us. You are for us. In the name of Jesus. Friends, would you all stand with me together as we come? Thank you for listening to the Antioch Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, visit AntiochCOS.com.